Brian and Nick tonight going through old nostalgic just pictures and clips of uh, old NCAA football games, Brian. I cannot wait for that thing to come back. Now I'm just going down that. You ever go down those YouTube rabbit holes? It happens to me all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the last national championship I won was with um, Notre Dame, actually. I was boring. I mean, I, I it would be like Western Illinois for me, you know, like Tulsa, Tulane. I would like to take over the small schools where you'd have to, like, turn the program around. You wouldn't be able to recruit all the five stars yet. But then when I got a little bit older, I got a little bit lazier. <laughs> well, you know, so now it's uh, it's I, I yeah, I'm with you though. I'm curious to see what it's going to look like compared to Madden, right? Like you're going to bring out something new, you make it something look different. Because guess what? All eyes are on this. People love to see it, but you know, as Twitter always is, or anything in social media, people are going to look to rip whatever they can. Oh, this should have been better. They should have done this this way. They're, people are just never happy. They're going to be complaining. Yeah, like it said, you said it's not it's not to be a Madden clone. Scott says, okay, we'll see. I hope so because. You know how people are going to get. Madden They're going to be happy to see it. Yeah, Madden has uh, Madden has fallen off the map. It's it's very very sad. I love a competitive like a competitor for Madden. So you know because yeah, that's going to be the first thing people say is it's just like Madden, and they'll complain. And uh, somebody that knows a lot about complainers, Sean Morass jumping on with us. Of course, you hear him with Evan and Tiki, WFAN, BetQL uh, as well. I, I how is how has this season been for you, Sean? We actually haven't had you on in a while, which disappoints me. We're going to have to fix that. Uh, I know New York fans are obviously very calm, cool, collected. Uh, Jets and Giants seasons this year, I'm going to assume, were uh, just another normal, everybody's okay, thinking about the future, really excited about the the direction of these teams, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was per- First of all, Ryan, a lot of fun at parties going with Notre Dame to win his national championships at NCAA football game. <laughs> My team. What a loser. Uh, I mean, get serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was it was as rational a football season as you could expect. Uh, for the first time in forever, this loser football city that we live in had expectations for both teams, uh, only to realize that Aaron Rodgers, the king of losers, was coming. He got hurt right away, and Daniel Jones followed it up by being another loser himself and getting hurt. So it was real rational. And because of that, we have now rallied here and talked ourselves into a city where we think we are on the verge of three parades ourselves with the Knicks, Rangers, and Yankees. So you could tell we're really, uh, we're really thinking succinctly here. All right. So, Sean, even though you took that little shot at me, number one, Notre Dame is my team. I had already rebuilt every program in America, including the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Ryan, let me just ask you something real quick. I know you're a Midwest guy. Is this because, like, you're Irish? Because there's no bigger loser move in America than, oh, my dad uh, was Irish, so I'm I'm a Notre Dame fan. I mean, get serious. No. Like, if you watch the movie Rudy, even, right? Like, when he goes up to Rudy. Yeah, he's like, right. The most overrated Rudy's sports brother. movie like, of all time. You know, even Coach Gillespie said you were a, well, like, that's my that's my grandfather. My grandfather was Gordy Gillespie. So, like, a lot of his players went to Notre Dame, and then I just went there to cheer him on. Mm. And, yes, I am Irish, and I'm also Catholic. Mm. So it's just, and I'm from the Midwest. So I didn't really have a choice. Anyway, mm. hey, Sean, uh, you got a new show coming out. It's uh, the BetQL uh, Yes, that's weekend. right. What can we come to expect Sundays, 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, now that football Great way to segue over. that away from you, Ryan. We're, well we're done, my boy. We're not going there so, so I guess what I'm asking you, Sean, what the hell is the show about? All right, well, per- perfect. By the way, the show will air 9 to noon Eastern, as you mentioned, on uh, on BetQL. And this, you've just stated you're Catholic, so I'm assuming Ryan will never be a guest on the show. expect you constantly in church, <laughs> you fraud. 
beyond that, uh, uh, a new co-host this year, Pat Boyle, who's near and dear to my heart, uh, works over at WFN and CBS Sports Radio. He's making his BetQL debut here. Uh, he's we call him Patty Parlays. He's awesome. Uh, he's a he's a bros bro, also a Notre Dame guy. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna chop it up do a lot of variety of stuff. We're going to try to get real interesting in baseball season two, do a little more deeper dive with props and all that. But honestly, it's going to be a lot of reacting to what happened throughout the week, Saturday nights, and a lot of laughs, I think, along the way with, uh, you know, some best bets mixed in, as only we could do. I'm not going to sit there and bore myself for three hours. Uh, if I'm going to do that, I might as well just go to my kids' dance recitals on Sunday morning. So that is that is the plan. I think we're going to have a blast. And, uh, yeah, we get things cooking this week, although perfectly timed. I'm already off week one, week one of the show, <laughs> so I won't be there until week two because I'm going to an outdoor hockey game at MetLife Stadium. Next thing you know, you'll be hosting BetMGM tonight. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Insert joke there. Got it. Uh, yep. Just, that, if you know, you know. Uh, how much food will you be eating on this show during the show? Oh, first of all, we have a, a segment at the top of each hour called Hot Takes and Hot Cakes. It's basically how you serve your breakfast with some kind of hot take. I like to incorporate uh, a little bit of breakfast at the, at the top of each one visually, of course. So Sunday mornings, for the most part, are my carb breakfast. My wife is a master on the griddle on Sunday mornings with the kids. So whatever she's throwing out there, pancakes, waffles, egg sandwiches, stuff like that, uh, there's going to be a, probably a lot of cheese and a lot of uh, droopy syrup and butter hanging from my face at the top of every hour during that show. So, of course, uh, you know me, guys. Look, food is always going to be incorporated, and we're going to find a way to do it. And honestly, I've uh, kind of grown up a little bit since going afternoon drive on WFA, and I do a lot of that intermittent fasting during the week, not to brag. You know, I, we know I'm a muscular type person as it is, but Sunday mornings is where I get my breakfast on. I really don't eat breakfast all week, so I go big or go home on Sunday mornings. I see you know, you're I'm also so looking for a tailgate. You got the stadium series yeah. coming up this weekend. We got the Rangers and the Islanders. Who do you like and where are you partying right. at? Well, so I'm very fortunate to have some club seats. So I'm going to be enjoying the warmth between periods and a little before the game drinking there. But, yeah, I got uh, I threw a little flyer out. I'm going to link up with some local listeners, hit a couple tailgates before the game. And who do I like? The Rangers are cruising along about to win their sixth straight. The Islanders are fumbling along with their coach, Patrick Waugh. Uh, I love the Rangers in that game. I'm going to obviously sprinkle in some anytime goal scores as they figure out what's what and where the line combinations go because the Rangers suffered a big injury tonight. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a big party, man. And really a cool event all weekend long uh, as hockey tries to take advantage of the NBA and the All-Star weekend with, you know, a, a night game between the Devils and Flyers and then in the same stadium turning it around Sunday afternoon, both games on ABC with the Rangers and Islanders. So hockey who desperately tries to seek attention, trying to showcase a little bit in the Northeast. I think it's going to be a fun, fun weekend in MetLife with a lot of drinking for fans. Hey, I know we joked about obviously New York football this year, but at least on the, the NBA side yeah. of things, there's one team that's not only relevant, but like has serious expectations Ooh. now in the Knicks. Uh, when you look at this yeah. Knicks team, I mean, do you see a team that can make legit noise in the playoffs? I'm not talking just like win a playoff I, series, but get at least no, to the Eastern I, Conference Finals. I do, and full disclosure, born and raised Net fan, born and raised Nick Hader, but even I have to like tip my cap. The team's a lot of fun. Obviously, what's happened the last week and a half, two weeks, really beyond that when Julius Randle 
got hurt on that Saturday afternoon is the injury bugs killed him. And, and Thibodeau has run the guys he's had left into the ground. Dante DiVincenzo had a hamstring injury a little bit. Uh, OG Ananobi's out probably till mid-March. And, you know, Jalen Brunson is playing a million minutes a night, spraining his ankle and whatnot. But when that core was healthy, I mean, they were as good as any team in the NBA, including beating the champion Denver Nuggets in their building, uh, wiping the floor at the Sixers when they were healthy. The Knicks are legitimately fun. Now, do I think they'd go to an NBA Finals and beat whoever remains out of the West, likely the Nuggets, in my opinion? No. But do I see any reason this team can't be basically the Miami Heat of last year or the Miami Heat in the bubble? No. Jalen Brunson's a flat-out dog and a guy that I think has emerged into a real MVP candidate, a guy who's a top-10 player in the NBA, in my opinion. It's crazy that you know to look back and think of him playing with Luka and the Mavs. But he is that good. It takes all the pressure off Randall, who they need to get back. And OG Ananobi was the perfect wing three shooter from the corner, play defense. The guy this team has missed. My only major question is Tib, uh, you know, Thibodeau's style of coaching. I, I'm just very concerned that his high minutes, he doesn't let these guys do any load management. I'm very concerned they're going to be worn down, and that's what's going to bite them. But I, I think we can all admit the East is as wide open as ever. I don't know how you trust the Bucks coached by Doc Rivers, and I don't know how you trust the Celtics, who still can't get over the hump. They have to prove it to me to begin with. I'm looking at the AL East uh, winner odds right now at BetMGM. Do you agree with the Yankees being plus 145, the favorites over the O's, Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox this year? So it's going to be a great division, clearly. Uh, the Yankees have to be all in with Soto. I still think pound for pound they are the best team. The Orioles scare me greatly, especially with, with Burns. But uh, who was it? Kramer went down today with the, with, uh, the, the slight tear in the UCL. I just think that any weakness you point at the Yankees, whether it's bullpen, whether it's rotation entering the season, I don't know how you look at any of those other teams, Jays, Orioles, and don't think the same. I think a major step back is, and regression is coming for the Rays this year, although they always seem to be competitive. And I don't know how anybody likes what the Boston Red Sox have cooking. Again, they'll still hang around and be pesky. But, yeah, it would be actually, I think, a major disappointment if this Yankee team isn't one of the one, first or second best record getting out of that wild card round. There would be a big indictment on Brian Cashman. Health, obviously, always a big concern. But if you're going to roll out a lineup that's going to have Judge and Soto in whatever order protecting each other, it takes all the pressure of needing Giancarlo Stanton to be anything. Uh, I'm giddy on the Yankees this year. I think they could be really, really, really good. Are you worried at all about the Orioles? And not just the young talent they have, but now that they actually have an owner, that they have an owner that's probably going to actually spend money as opposed to that dope that was in charge before? No, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I think they are by far the biggest threat to the Yankees over the next five years in the AL East. I know we sat around and thought Toronto was going to be that, and they still have a really good young core, but it felt like they still haven't seized that moment. And the Red Sox will find their way eventually. But if the Orioles, after developing all this young talent, and now you throw in an owner that potentially can outspend anybody, including Steve Cohen in the, in the Mets, I, I I kind of look at the Orioles as the beginning of that Astro dynasty only on steroids, for lack of a better term, because they'll have the finances behind it. Yeah, it scares the crap out of me, which is why I think the Yankees really need to be all in this year and take advantage. Uh, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, that team is going to be a pain in the ass for baseball for a long time. What do you think the Giants do this offseason, like in the draft? I mean, because like, if you look at the NFC East, I still don't know that oh. Philadelphia is going to bounce back you know dallas is still bringing back mike mccarthy what do you think that they Dude, do like is... do you expect them to be relevant and, and at least like win nine to ten uh, games or no 
Well, it, uh, first of all, I think they have the right coach, and clearly them yeah. winning those games with Tommy DeVito proved that, but it comes down to quarterbacking, right? I mean, clearly they have offensive line issues. Every team's got that. They need some, they're not a perfect team by any means. But if they were picking in the top three of the draft and Joe Shane scouted all of these quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, Drake, May, Caleb Williams, you know, mainly, uh, I would be a lot more ha- you know, happy and excited. At six, I'm very weary that they're going to get one of those three guys. Uh, and I just keep rolling in the back of my mind that Daniel Jones is another hit to the neck away from being completely done. Basically signed Jacoby Brissett and they spend the sixth pick on, you know, a Dunze who might be a great receiver, but it just feels like winning those games with Tommy DeVito and hey, the, the meatballs and the Parmesan. Uh, nobody wanted to, to acknowledge that they should have been tanking, and it's probably going to screw them. But if they somehow ended up with Jaden Daniels or Drake May to go with Brian Dable, and I think what he could do with, you know, as, a, as a quarterback guru kind of coach, I think the team could cause real damage. I keep having these visions of if they hit on quarterback, they have enough talent in place and the right coach to be the Texans of last year but I don't know how you have confidence that they're going to get one of those quarterbacks. And it kind of feels like there might be a little bit of a redundancy plan in place. Sean, 90 seconds left. What's the, just the feel on Brian Dable as a head coach there in New York now? I think he still has won a lot of people over. You have a weird amount of people who want to kill him for certain decisions this year, but it's one year removed from being coach of the year. Somehow had the team not quit on him, scrapped together with a third string quarterback, a bunch of wins. I think that he, for the most part, with the fan base and the media, feels like the least of the problems. And although that Wink Martindale stuff was weird, but you look around and Wink not getting another job at the NFL, I think that has helped Dable's cause. Uh, I think overall people could see the shoe drop and then something happen. But I think overall people are pumped up and they feel like you need a coach and quarterback to win in this league, and they have half of that. I feel real confident that Dable's at least a top 10 coach in the NFL. All right, so you're missing the first week of the show, so we get you the following week. All right. right. <laughs> so do we expect, like, a lot of college hoops on a Sunday as well? Could I, could, of could course. I, can I, like, well, can I tweet you guys? Can I tweet my questions like, yo, Sean, I need Rutgers or St. John's today, and uh, are you going to be able to give me yeah. some expert advice on college? Like, what's what's going to be your number one sport to focus on, would you say? Probably baseball? Well, first of all, I'm going to uh, – well, no, NBA still until that season ends. Player props are, are my specialty. College right. hoops, of course. Pat Pat Boyle is a college hoop savant, too. That's what I'm really excited about himself. Now, by the way, St. John's is ass now with Patino. But, yeah, man, bring it on. And, Ryan, by the way, please do. We might be begging for those questions the first two weeks as we try to launch the thing off the ground. <laughs> Well, awesome. the first week, again, uh-huh. you won't matter the first week because you won't be there anyway. So, you know, you worry about the second week let and then, them, you, know, yeah. you go from there. Let them, let them rot in hell. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Marash, WFAN, but more importantly, BetQL right. five-star weekend Sunday, 9 Ryan, to 10 Eastern. Ryan, on Ryan enjoy church, bro. This week, next week. I will. Yeah. I'll say, Sean, enjoy I'll church. say a prayer Take for care. you and your new show for, for success. Right. That is care, one of our favorite quotes on the show. Sean, you're the best. Uh, if anybody was watching on Twitter, if anybody was watching on Twitch or YouTube, one of the greatest headshots of all time was used. We just need to put it out on the internet because I need everybody to see this Doctor Evil version of Sean Mirage. Oh my God, it was amazing. It's Pet MGM tonight. We're back with Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashu, Bet MGM tonight. I'm still, still laughing at that headshot of Mirage. I mean, I was trying to keep it's together, either Uncle Fet. I, I, I wish, honestly, I wish the camera was on us for anybody watching the streams on Twitch or YouTube. I wish the cameras were on us 
when that headshot popped up because it came completely out of the blue. Because every picture of Sean Marash is him eating. So it's expected. But a buttoned-up Uncle Fester or Dr. Evil-looking, smiling, clean-shaven Sean Marash is not something that I expected at all. I lost it. I lost it. I don't know how. I hope it didn't come over the mic. And if it did, who cares? Because it's Sean. And, well, we know there's nothing serious about a majority of the segments with him. Uh, that was, God, that just made my day. I, I was That was unbelievable. If he saw the photo that they were using, I think he would expect us to laugh. But, um, yes. you know, I try to be a constant professional, but I was having a hard time right there keeping it together, like I said. I wasn't expecting it. Oh, no. that's That it. was the best part. Not not expecting it at all because it's a buttoned up, like, just, like, yeah. I mean, you he made church jokes with you. He's the one who looked like he was going to church and that. He looked like he was going to someone's baptism. Yeah, anyway, he's one of the best. I'll definitely be uh, tuning in. Yeah, yeah, every Sunday yeah. from uh, nine to noon. I'm I'm jacked for the Sean Morash show. I think, but you got to make sure you tweet every single time and ask about either Rutgers or St. John's. I think that's the most that's the most important thing for you there. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be a New York <laughs> school. That's All that's right. the deal. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. So you you have said right now. I know we talked a little bit. Tyrese Halliburton MVP is a solid play. I think we both are in on that. I already like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, all-star game MVP as well. What would it take if I gave you, a, this is one of my favorite games to play, you know that, because a free bet makes you, it forces you to pick something. If I gave you a free bet, and it's not dunk contest, because you've already bet that. I know you bet, Jay, right? You bet Jalen Brown? I did. I, I bet Jalen Brown. I found a five to one price. You know, there's some plus four fifties. I'm not sure where it's at right now. I'm looking at the three point odds as we speak. You know, I just um, I think it looks like a plus five twenty five for Jalen Brown. Plus five twenty five. Again, there's not like a breakdown or like a handicap. I didn't like study his aerodynamics, yeah. or I'm not able to tell you that you know he's going to get a solid haircut. He's going to feel really good before the contest. I'm just saying, if Jalen Brown is going to participate, he's probably the biggest name since. He's the biggest name in a long time, Jalen Brown, right? Mm -hmm. In the dunk competition, I would say at least. Three-point competition, we get some guys every single year. But dunk contest, yeah. guys don't want to go out there, risk injury. Um, damn, it's almost becoming like the home run uh, derby where, where guys don't want to mess up their swing the rest of the year. I'm kidding about that. But I feel like if he's going out there, he has a trick up his sleeve. He has something to prove. He knows something. So I took a shot with Jalen Brown. Yeah. I don't think that that's a bad – you know, I mean, it may – be kind of narrative bet but that's what's wrong with that you know he there's like he he wanted to be in this so he's got either an idea he's passionate about it you're not going to volunteer for something that you don't really care about so obviously he cares yeah. and, and who knows i mean look we, we had stretches where the dunk contest was i mean incredible that the two years of zach levine and aaron gordon was one of the best oh, yeah. stretches you know w once we brought the dunk contest back like post vince carter right like once it got into that, that was one of the best dunk contests that we ever, multiple years that we ever had. But they've just tried so many different things, and it's lost the flash. It's lost the nostalgia. It's lost, you know, the creativity. I Look, I still believe that there are unique dunks out there that guys can do. Go on YouTube. It exists. The question, I, you know what, here's what I even suggest. Lower the rim six inches. Why not? Make it easier. Let's make this more fun. Lower the rim six inches. And give guys an opportunity to do something even crazier. Who cares? Who cares if it's not a regulation rim? It's like, what we had, what Dwight Howard go out there on one, an 11 foot rim one time and did just like a basic dunk. I'd rather watch a nine foot six rim 
and guys dunking all and actually doing something creative out there, then this who cares? What are they going to say? Well, you know, Michael Jordan never dunked up. Okay, great. That was a whole different era. Everybody can dunk from the free throw line now. Nate Robinson won like five dunk contests in a row. We had one year. Remember they did the freestyle? They did a freestyle one. John Wall won. The most forgotten dunk con- dunk contest winner ever was John Wall, who actually was really good. That's when he did he – t- he, the Wizards mascot held the ball over his head, and Wall actually yeah. jumped up, brought the ball between his legs. That was actually a really great dunk. Nobody remembers that now because it was just this weird freestyle thing they did that was like utter chaos, like a layup line. But there are ways to still make this thing better. You know when I always get into it, man, is when we have like a David versus Goliath battle. Like, give me Nate Robinson mm-hmm. against Dwight Howard. I want the littlest guy yeah. against the biggest guy. And these were always the conversations that me and my dad would have because that's usually who I would watch these events with. And we were all in on this. So he hated big men in the dunk contest because he's like, that's not a skill. Mm-hmm. The rim is 10 foot. This guy's seven foot. Like he couldn't get into the Dwight Howard stuff, even though like Dwight Howard was a great dunker. So he would be cheering for like Nate Robinson or the little guy. Uh, And then by the end of the competition, I usually would too. So I like that. I do feel like, and and we would always have a back and forth with the three-point contest as well, like a strategy, just picking winners, not so much betting it. But now I feel like you could have the same conversation if you're betting it, right? So I'll never forget when Sam Perkins was in the three-point competition. I went with Steve Kerr, who ends up winning. I was right, even at uh, 11 years old. My dad took Sam Perkins. His strategy was because Sam Perkins was 6'10". He didn't jump when he shot, remember? So my dad thought yeah. that he was going to get mm-hmm. more, like, you know, the, the quicker release, whereas he didn't think that the mm-hmm. competition would favor the jump shooters that actually had to leave their feet. Well, I was right. He was wrong. But I don't know. That's actually kind of like a, why I like Cat in these competitions, though, man, because he gets his shot off really quickly. It's pure, but he doesn't really leave his feet. Um, and I feel like there's kind of something to that. Like he doesn't take as much energy and I like his odds at seven to one. So if I had a free bet on the three point competition, I'd probably go cat seven to one. Cause I mean, I'm going with one of the guys at the bottom here. I want the best odds. Lowry marketing mm-hmm. at eight to one is interesting, but I'm good on that. Donovan Mitchell plus nine fifty. We're trying to make the case for him to be the MVP Cavs playing great basketball, but I think I would go with cat actually seven to one. I like the, uh, I like the confidence, at least in these in these type of competitions. He calls himself the best shooting big man, right? You know, what you said about Sam Perkins and just yeah. guys not really jumping for the, that actually is, like, that's a thing. That does matter in the oh, three-point yeah. contest because there's just a little more energy. It's that kind of skip jump versus, like, a full release. Some guys have that naturally. Some don't. Some, you know, maybe you're willing to kind of alter the way they do it just to kind of get through it a little bit. Who do you think finishes last? Because I've got somebody. They don't have odds for it. But in the three-point contest, I would love to see what the odds would be on Trey Young because we know how that guy can shoot. One minute, he's going 7 of 12 from three. The next game, he's going 3 of 15. I would love to go Dame to finish last. I'm not going to lie to you. He's oh. the favorite, plus 375. Wow. I would love to flip mm-hmm. that. In fact, we should make a phone call. Who do I got to get on the horn? Trista was hanging out with the great one and Tom Brady. Do I get her on the horn? Do I get Jamie Foxx on the horn? Do I maybe just call uh, Seamus McGee? Who do I got to get on the phone? Because I want to place this wager. I'll take Damian Lillard, the favorite, at plus 375 to finish last. This is the worst shooting uh, season of Dame's career, isn't it? Is it not? Like, yeah. I know the Bucks are playing a little bit better basketball. I don't think Dame's going to care. Like, I think Dame just wants to get to the all-star break just to just to relax, man. This is the first time 
My theory is for Dame, this is the first time he's felt pressure in a long time. Because when he was in Portland and he was the only dude or it was just him and CJ, as long as they got to the playoffs, maybe won a playoff series, that's a successful mm-hmm. season. Now there's some pressure, dude. When the Bucks went and acquired Drew Holiday, they won the NBA Finals. They went and they got Dame. You know, it was always, uh, you know, Dame deserves better than Portland. Dave, Dame deserves a ring. He's going to be the best player, you know, of our generation to retire without a ring, this and that. Now he's got that opportunity. He's playing with a guy that we were calling the best player in the league just two years ago, him and Jokic. So I feel like Dame's feeling a little bit of the pressure. I would probably go with Dame to have the uh, worst score in the three-point shooting contest or Lowry marketing because he's Lowry, you know. So I had to look it up because I thought I knew what his worst shooting season was, and I do. So it was actually 2021-2022 where he shot 40% from the field, just 32% from three because he had that core muscle injury that year, only played 29 games. I mean, he started off just in a horrible slump, and it continued throughout the entire year, and then he shut it down for the rest of the season. But this would be, as a three-point shooter, actually by one – so – just by a smidge, actually his third worst shooting season of his career from three. So he shot 32% from three uh, that year he got hurt. And yeah. then his third year in the league, 32 or 34.3%. And then this year he's 34.4% from three. So it's basically the same. But, I mean, this, you know, look, it's an adjustment. It's He's been with a new team. The expectations, the pressure, it's all it's all different now. I do wonder, though, if because this is a situation he's been in before and it's there's no real adjustment to playing with teammates and a new system and now the second coach of the season already like Dame has, if this is a comfort zone for him, like he knows how this works and he can get back to kind of that rhythm that he's had before. He's been in this contest before. So it could also, and that's what makes this so hard, right? That decap in a lot of these events, really, really difficult because you sit there and you're trying to come up with reasons why a guy can win MVP, right? I mean, there's some narrative bets there. I mean, of course, like we, that's that's part of what this is, why we have a couple of MVPs for the All-Star game that we like. But it's kind of the same thing with any of these other ones, right? Three-point contest, who's on that day, who's not? Trey Young could be great Trey Young shooter. It could also be three of 15 Trey Young from three, you know? So you, you kind of look at it, and it's some of this really is a shot in the dark where I would say don't go don't go doing multiple units on a lot of these unless you really know something like Jalen Brown's got a dunk no one's ever seen before. And then that's a situation where you've got a little bit of control. But three-point contest, uh, you know, skills challenge and rising stars and all that. It's a lot of these these events, these like it's all just hit or miss. I I do like betting the MVP though. And I do think that Shea, I, I think I'm yeah. with you on that, man, especially at that price, 14 to one for SGA. Mm-hmm. Cause you got to think like, who's going to show up? Who's there to, um, I, I mean, cause you know, LeBron every year might just want to win MVP, right? Giannis, yeah. Giannis treats the all-star game. Like it's game seven of the final. So, you know, he's going to play hard. He's going to play defense down the stretch, but like who wants to be there? And who just is going to treat this as a vacation? It's almost like when we talk about like live golf when they're in Las Vegas. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to stay away from uh, Dustin Johnson because he's going to be partying with Paulina all weekend in Las Vegas. So I'm looking at this like Giannis is going to care. That's why he's 6-1. to Bron will care. He's 7-1. to Jason Tatum. 
nine to one, I think is pretty interesting, mm-hmm. man, because he's most likely not going to be the regular season MVP for whatever reason, even though Boston's probably going to finish as the one seed in the East. Maybe the knock is he has too much help with Jalen Brown and Porzingis and Drew Holiday. And of course, uh, the best player in the league, let's not forget Derek White, AKA Michael Jordan Jr. So maybe Tatum is just going to ball hard <laughs> in this. In fact, I just talked myself into it. Jason Tatum, all-star game MVP, nine to one. MVP. Nine to yeah. one's a good price too. And I mean, that also, you know, that again, see, there's a lot of these that certainly make sense here where, but what's great. So I went back and looked at some of the, the previous winners for all-star game MVP, right? Yeah. And it's Jason Tatum last year. It's Steph Curry the year before. It's Giannis, then Kawhi, then Durant, then LeBron, then Anthony Davis, then Russell Westbrook back-to-back years in 16 and 15. Kyrie in 14, Chris Paul in 13, Durant again, Kobe in 11, Dwayne Wade, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, Kobe, LeBron. So it's like, it's only a few names. So that's the one thing, is if you kind of do look, it wasn't, now you could argue that in some of these spots, some of these guys were younger, up-and-coming players uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. if, well, let's see. No, would you actually know? Really, though? I don't think any of them were. Maybe, I mean, Tatum last year, no, although he's always 19. Uh, Steph see, I forgot year, Tatum no. last I mean, year, dude. I'm I'm out on Tatum now. Good reminder last yeah. year. I don't think he's going to win back-to-back. Good call. I mean, Russell Westbrook did, so it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it doesn't happen all that much. Remember, Kobe and Shaq were co-MVPs back in uh, 2009, which was hilarious. That was when Shaq was with the yeah. Suns, too. Think about that. That was Suns Shaq. I, you know, you yeah. always forget about, like, the, the end of Shaq's career. Not only, like, Boston Shaq when he didn't do a whole lot, but, like, I almost sometimes forget yeah. about, like, Shaq and Dwayne Wade winning that championship together in Miami. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. guys have done it before, but I for Tatum, I, I don't know, man. I think I like your original look, either with Halliburton at 16-1 to 1 or SGA at 14-1. Yeah. to 1. Even even maybe Luca at eighteen to one, but I don't know, man. I could see I could see Luca getting there and it just being a vacation for him, especially because if you look at his usage this yeah. year, nobody else is doing anything on that team I other don't, than Tim Hardaway Jr. I think Luca just wants to go have fun. I don't think it really matters to him. And honestly, if you go back and look at this, right, like all the names I mentioned are all time greats. Like there's obviously all stars right. that are in there a couple of times, couple of you know, couple of all star games. Tatum, always an all-star. Curry, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron in all those years. Russell Westbrook, million all-star games. Kyrie, Chris Paul, Durant. You really have to go back to, like, guys that we'd say were good players but weren't superstars, like some of the best in the game but really good. You'd go back to Glenn Rice in 1997, who was a monster in that game. I think set the record for the most points in a quarter or a half, something like that. That was Glenn Rice yeah. in 97, Mitch Richmond in 95. Big fan of Mitch Richmond. He was great. Your guy Scotty won it in 94. So, but like most of these names are like the guys. Like they're they're yeah. an all-star every single year. So, but the question then is, I mean, Shea's probably the type of person that could be an all-star every single year. It's tough. It's really tough to kind of figure this thing out. I'm sticking with Halliburton and SGA, though, I think is those two. It's I think those the night. best pick. Mm-hmm. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Everybody's got fears, Ryan. Everybody's got their biggest fear. Everybody's got a list of fears. Nobody is fearless. You can say what you want. It's not the case. Fairly Dickinson's men's basketball team got stuck in an elevator earlier tonight that delayed their start of the Long Isle- the game with uh, Long Island, LIU. Let me tell you something, man. 
That's that's a, near the top for me. I want nothing to do with that. I don't want to even think about it. I think of the episode of The Office where Dwight gets caught in the elevator with Pam and he has to give it, make a pea corner. I don't want to have to make a pea corner anywhere. I want nothing to do with that. I've been in situations multiple times where elevators have locked up and emergency things have flashed and I'm like, I, no, no, get me the hell out of here. I would be terrible on Fear Factor. Although all they do is eat stuff, so I guess it's not the same thing. But if they ever did that, I'm done. I'm out. Nope, can't do it. Not happening. Is Fear Factor still a thing? Remember when Joe Rogan was the host of Fear yeah. Factor? I used yes. to watch that religiously in college. I think he's, I think it's still, it's not him, but I think it is still on or like, I mean, again, everything's somewhere now, right? You've got all these yeah. digital platforms that are looking to revamp shows, take old shows. I'm pretty sure it's out there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch that though, and there was not one thing though on that show that I would do even for a million dollars. Cause I would watch it with my buddies and they'd be like, would you do this for $3 yeah. million? And I would be like, no, all the money in the world. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't mess with bugs. I don't eat weird food. I don't do heights, um, but elevators. And it's funny because I bet you here in our apartment complex, our elevator probably goes out and I'm not kidding you, Nick, three times a week. Like I, I yell, I bitch about it every single day. I talk to the people at the front desk. I'm like, you know, if you just call the right people, and you, I, I'm my grandfather. That's when you realize, like, you, I'm at the age where you just become your father or your grandfather. I'm like, you know, if yep. you just call the right people and you get it fixed the right time, or, you know, r the right way the first time, you don't have to continue to get it fixed. I bet you that if I um, just typed an elevator, in fact, in my uh, email, oh, yeah, like, I'm talking like 30 in the last month. So that's my biggest fear is getting caught uh, in an elevator. How, if you're going to do it like your grandfather, though, how would he actually say it to the people to fix it? That's the issue. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man, but it just, it, it no. just continues oh, to no. be a problem. You got You missed, you missed that just right over your head. You were, I just wanted the voice. That's all I was asking for was the voice. That's all. Hey, Ryan, you know, I was down there today and they wouldn't, I was talking to the people in the front. They wouldn't even, I can't do it like you. But I don't I know. It. Nope. It's fine. Don't want to do it then. Uh, so Scott says, I couldn't, I could, I couldn't spit it out right there. I, it's got to be right, the right time do it. for it because it, it takes right, a lot right, out of you got it. it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, 2018 was the last time on MTV that Fear Factor was on, and then they had Fear Factor Revival. So, yeah, I think they – I mean, everybody brings back something. That's that's definitely near the top for me. I'm not really – like, heights don't bother me at all. Um, in fact, I walked very close to the edge of the, the – uh, uh, Grand Canyon and scared the hell out of my wife. So uh, they don't really bother me at all. But elevators, right up there. I'd say that's probably near the top. Clowns, too. Not a fan of clowns. But who likes clowns? In all honesty, who likes clowns? Nobody likes clowns. Nobody. What's the point? No. Do you know anybody that does like clowns, though? Like, have you ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever been to the circus? Mm -hmm. I've never been to the circus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, have? I've been to the circus before. I think when I was a I kid. I have actually yeah. never been to the circus. I was always too afraid to go to the circus because of the clowns. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there's just, I've never really, there's never really been anything for me when it comes to clowns. It, who would be the worst person for you to be stuck in an elevator with? Probably a clown, that you can to be honest on. with you. Yeah. That I could say on the air? <laughs> Yeah, that you could say um, on the air. Actually, let, let me, let there me might think be about that. Choice that'll get in trouble. Let me think <laughs> about that for a second. The worst person 
to be stuck on an elevator with. Oh, man. I got to think about this for a second. <laughs> Scott's oh. careful. <laughs> no, no. How about no? I'm trying to think here. Oh, All right. Man. How about the best? How about the best first? Who would you? Who would be the person? Like, because you don't want to be stuck in an elevator. But who would make it bearable? Dave Matthews. I Dylan see. Puts in the I chat thought Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Hold on. I, no, that's no, no. who I thought you no, were going to say. On. I do not want to be stuck in an elevator with Aaron Rodgers because he's going to be telling me like about like lizard people and we're going to be going through the vaccine and this and that. I would want to be with Dave Matthews because even though he would be annoyed by me. I would just be, I'd be like, hey, sing some 41. Give me a little one sweet world. You know, give, give, give me a cover of this. Give me a cover of that. Let's sing some Beatles, you know. Or I would just ask him, you know, like random questions. So I'd probably go with, with Dave Matthews. I think the worst person for me would probably be my third grade teacher, Sister Catherine. I'll just call her out on the air. <laughs> she was honestly, even though she was, she was like a lady of, you know, religion and whatnot. She was the scariest person, Nick, that I've ever met in my life. And for no reason at all, all my grade school teachers love me every single year, except for third grade sister, Catherine, like my environmental science teacher that we ran into in Las Vegas that I told you about, like, as much as I hate that guy, if I was stuck in an elevator with him, I'd probably give him like a couple kidney shots, you know, and mess with him a little bit. But like sister, Catherine, yeah. I can't tell her that she was like an awful person because then I'm going to hell, you know, or she's going to put like the exorcist on me. But also <laughs> I, I feel like she would make me like stick my nose in the corner or she would like hit me with a ruler or something. Like she was, mm -hmm. she was pretty ruthless, man. Th them, thems were the time. So I'd probably go with her. I feel like if you were in an elevator with Dave Matthews, you'd be like Chris Farley sitting there going, remember the time when you sang this song? At uh, at, at in in Madison Square Garden, yeah, that was that was awesome. You'd be, you would be so starstruck, you wouldn't even be able to put sentences together. Probably, I no, I don't know. I don't really get starstruck, to be honest with you. I, I no, I I've never been starstruck. Have you? Is there any? Have, no. have you ever run into somebody where you've been like, oh my god? Because at the end of the day, we're all just human beings. There you go. That's the right attitude. Uh, not really. I don't think. Not like something huge. No, I don't think I've ever really had that moment. Even like, I mean, never with like athletes, obviously. Um, no, I'd probably the answer would be no. By the way, a Chris Farley would have been 60 today. Thank you, Scott. Uh, one of the all-time greats. I mean, just, that dude was, I mean, just one of the funniest comedians of all time. Yeah, I miss him every single day. Um, I well, yeah, I was going to go with uh, what's your favorite Chris Farley movie, but I think it's got to be Black Sheep or Tommy Boy for every single person on this oh, planet, yeah. right? It's it's either one of those. Yeah, it's either one of those. And then I mean, down he's, by he's the had rivers, some like, really SNL's good, like, underrated, like, cameos, like, if you've seen, like, Dirty Work, mm -hmm. but I think it's got to be, uh, yeah, one, one of the ones with David Spade, for sure. 60 years old, though, yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's absolutely insane how young he passed away. I know. I know it was, I remember as a kid and that's like, it's very vivid in my mind. I don't remember. I have to go back and do the math at how young I was seeing it like on a, I don't even know if they still do them in the grocery store, like those tabloids, right? I guess they still do. Do they still do the one that has all the fake news in it? Cause now that's just the whole internet. 
right? Remember they did the one that had yeah. all the aliens and all the pictures, and I don't know if they still do that, but I always remember that. But I remember seeing that on, like, the tabloid, and I was like, oh. And, again, I don't know how old I was, but I remember seeing that. And that's, like, how we got yeah. news back then, right? Nothing was ever right away. Nothing was ever Twitter yeah. or X and all that now. It's all changed. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, remember when you had to stay awake to watch, like, Saturday Night, uh, Saturday Night Live or you had to stay awake to watch late night TV? Now you yeah. don't even have to do that because everything's viral. Yes. You can just watch all the clips. Most people, you know what I mean? Clips. Yep. Yes. That is that is what most people do now, if we're being honest. It's all just mostly clip stuff, and that's that's about it. So, yeah, Chris Farley would have been 50 or 60 today. Uh, but, yeah, the elevator thing is that's right at the top for me, man. I, I just Because you have no escape. There's nothing you can do. Like, you just have to sit there. And I'm really bad when it comes to, like, patience. I don't have a lot of patience. So sitting there waiting on somebody else to do something that, where it's going to affect me, and my situation makes that even worse, right? You're just sitting there going, okay, so how long is it going to take? What are we doing? You know, it's like sitting on the side of the road waiting for a tow truck after you've been out in the snow and shouldn't have been out in the snow, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it doesn't, nobody wants to be in those situations where you're waiting on somebody else to get you out of this horrible situation. Yeah. I was going to say being stuck on an airplane, uh, but that actually happened to me, like legitimately, like where I was just stuck on an airplane for multiple hours, just waiting to get off the airplane. And in the year, um, you know, hey, we're going to circle around Louisville, Kentucky, and then uh, almost running out of gas. That's definitely up there. Being buried alive, is that a little too intense for oh. 9.51 oh. on Thursday? Oh, yeah. That's, that's you ever right see that there. movie, though, with that's... Ryan Reynolds, man? Uh, I think I remember it. I'll never watch it. I'll tell you that right now. We'll never watch something like that. Give me all the gore you want, something like that. Can't do it because I'll picture myself. No, no. Uh-uh. No chance. No chance. Hey, how about Danilo Gallinari going to the Bucks, Ryan? You like that? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't know. Last time I got excited Gary about him going anywhere was Boston with Malcolm Brogdon, remember? And then he didn't end up playing mm -hmm. all season long. I, I mean, I like the Bucks just kind of going out there and acquiring any pieces that they could acquire. Like, But I remember also mm -hmm. getting excited for the Nico Meritich pickup for them, and then he shot him out of the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, I remember that. That was not uh, that was not a great year. Not a great year. Think about it, if you're Danilo Gallinari. Although I will say this, like he had some shooting. He adds something to the Bucks. A little bit of scoring. There's, I mean, they need more help defensively, but they've at least been a better defensive team since Doc Rivers took over. But this guy signed with the Celtics, tears his ACL, then gets traded in the offseason to the Wizards, or wait, no, it was the deadline. Anyway, traded to the Wizards, then Detroit, then gets, uh, you know, they buy him out. And now he goes to Milwaukee. This guy just wants to play for a winner. Problem is, he went to Milwaukee where they're going to probably lose in the second round. By the way, he also commit. He was thinking about the Bulls apparently too. So there's that. Could have been the Bulls. Could have been the Bulls. Damn, you, you think the Bucks are a second round exit? I keep going back and forth with them. But you think second round? I just don't. I don't. Again, I'm not going to trust Doc Rivers until he proves otherwise. It's been a long, long time. We've been down this road so many times. We want now. I do think if those Clippers teams had stayed healthy in the playoffs, Chris Paul, at his peak, they could have done a lot more. I think with those those teams in their prime. But yeah. the reality of it is, Doc Rivers just doesn't. He doesn't get it done in the playoffs at all. So, I, look, you got your veteran. They're playing better defense. I think the Bucks will probably end up losing in the second round, man. I, unless Dame can get his shot together. If Dame and, and Giannis can get to that next level playing together, I think there's a little more there. Final hour coming up. Bet MGM tonight.
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.